HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, road trippers, it's time for another episode of Agave Road Trip, brought to you by La Luna Mezcal de Michoacan. Strap yourselves in, grab a copita of La Luna, and let's hit the road. This is Lou Bank. This is Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, Chava, today I'm so excited because we, do you know what we're going to talk about? No, no, I didn't even know you were excited. What, what it's about? so important. It's, it's what all of the mezcal, I mean, like the inner circle mezcal geeks are talking about this. And they can't stop talking about it. It's been blowing up the internet. It's been controversial in all of the insider forums. You know what I'm talking about now? Well, I can imagine the 30 people you're describing going crazy about this, but no. 28. 28 28 people, to be fair. (laughs) What we're talking about is this article that came out very recently, Chava, that included the study by Roberto Zanit. Did I just butcher his name? Yeah. Yes, but you always do that with Spanish, so I I think I'll be fine. Dr. Roberto Zanit, who's now at Brown University, but was at UNAM, um, has been working for years on this study, Java, uh, in order to, uh, how would you say, to actually to prove that what the mescaleros are doing when they use perlas in order to distinguish or detect the ABV of their agave spirits. So I think you feel first need to explain what are the mescalers doing. So there's this legend <laughs> or conception, and probably a lot of the kids that have gone to a palenque have gone to, through this. The maestro mescalero will come to them, will grab a jicara, grab a bamboo-looking thing that uh, it's called a venencia, and will throw, squirt a little bit of mescal inside the the jicara, and we'll always tell them, look, there's bubbles, right? <laughs> perlas, las perlas. Perlas, perlas. And supposedly that gauges that the mezcal has the correct amount of ABB. And for some reason, too, well, it's... Is it, well, well, hang on, hang on, brother. Is it the correct amount? Because like, it never strikes me that they're looking for the correct amount so much as they're trying to detect what the amount is. Am I getting that wrong? Well, like, it's weird because... For uh, And this is why, for me, the article was so interesting. 
because I think that it has, at least in Mexico right now, the bubbles are not only, or the perlas are used not only to tell you this is anywhere between like 45 to 55, which is what you're saying. The pearls. Well, but not, they, they wouldn't say it's before four, between 45 and 55. They would say it's 51.6%. Oh, they're showing off. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is sort of my point. Now, keep, keep going about the study because I, I, you know, I, I think it's a very interesting study, but you and I had very different takeaways from our interview with, uh, with Dr. Zanit. Yes, well, like, and I'm just finishing off what I was saying. Like, somehow it became popular <laughs> in Mexico that. The, the the bubbles tell you the alcohol and sort that it's like proper quality agave spirit. So what Roberto did was, you know, there's all these legends in the world. And what science does is they take a methodology and an organized way of putting information and approve or disprove that, right? Like that's a that's a job of science, and they and they did that yeah, with the uh, with the pearls behavior. Well, no, they. Th- this is my point. Like, and I was the interesting was the most interesting thing I found about the interview was, he, even though the article says he proved it, he didn't prove it, right? He proved one thing. Well, he proved one thing, and that there is a sweet spot at which the bubbles, like, there's a point at which the bubbles are are big, and then they're small, 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 and then they they stay. I'm sorry, not the size. It's how long the bubble stays, and there is a sweet spot at which, and I I still am not clear from the study if it's 50% or 55%, um, at which the bubbles stay for the maximum amount of time. Yes. So, but, and this is the thing that blew my mind, the most interesting part about his study is if you take pure ethanol, and water and try to replicate this, the bubble behavior is not going to be the same. And this is where the superhero of the story comes in, the surfactants. And I will, <laughs> I, and I would like to put a, pull a quote from Roberto explaining a little bit of this, because this is something that no mezcal geek have ever talked about before this study came out. And just because we did not have the tools to know like, whoa, there's a surfactant there. So let's put his quote and uh, let, then let's discuss around it. Deal. That is exactly right. You know, um, you need the two things, right? If you try to sell just a, a mixture of water and ethanol, right, you will form bubbles and they will live a little bit, but they will not live as long as mezcal bubbles, right? You need the two things. You need to be at 55% and you need to have all the other stuff, all the surfactants, all the, all the magic of the mezcal, all those other components, this, you know, the infinite amount of molecules that are there that give it the, its uh, characteristic flavor, you need that, right? So if you do the same thing with, I don't know, with the with vodka, you know, vodka could be very good, but it's mostly just ethanol and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would not have uh, pearls of vodka, but you would have pearls of mezcal for sure. Yes. Okay, so there you have it. This is, for me, extremely mind-blowing because... As you say, this study, and uh, thank the Lord, is extremely limited in its results. But when we're talking with him, he kept on saying like, whoa, that thing you're suggesting is so interesting to measure. That's a second paper, and there's a third paper, and that's a fourth paper. <laughs> fourth paper, because fifth paper. <laughs> we were speculating about all these things that we do not know, that maybe suddenly bubbles can be an indicator for us to know more about agave spirits. 
maybe it's not only that they measure the, they let us know the ethanol content, but it's also the oils, because surfactants are herbal oils that are being distilled. So one will cut, can say, like, how many oils from the agave are go, are traveling into the distillation process? The the bubbles are sort of telling you that, which is crazy. Yeah, you're, you, it, it, it is crazy, but you're like, you're so far into the weeds on this. You are so deep into the weeds that I think we're missing the salient point here. Well, which, and to me, this... I shouldn't say the salient point. I think the, the point that is going to be most important to people listening to this, and 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 that is, he didn't he he proved one small piece of this whole chain of logic that has to be accepted before you can believe that the mescalero has the ability to to, to make these bubbles and tell you this is 52.7% alcohol. Well, no, like nobody's saying that. What they're saying, like, again, like I think your experience, and because they all love to do that, right? Yeah. Even If you, if you go with a carpenter and sees that something is slightly off, He's not going to tell you, well, that's slightly off. They will always try to show off and be like, that's two millimeters off. It's probably four millimeters or one millimeter off. They wait, have a range. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so are you telling me then that the Mescaleros, all this time when they've been doing the perlas with me, they've been lying no, every no, single no, time no. when they tell me? They, they haven't been lying. They've been a little bit off. See, well, now this is, oh, oh this is so frustrating. So again, <laughs> if we look at the study, the study says that it's proven that this method works when in fact you are now saying it doesn't work. It just tells you how close you are to the sweet spot. And the sweet spot being, again, either 50% or 55%. And, and to me, that's like that, that doesn't really tell you anything because it, 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 let's say it's 50%, right? What he said very specifically when I asked him this question was 49% looks like 51%. Looks very much like it. But again, like when you talk with an expert of everything, the, I think that what usually happens, say you talk with a musician, right? And you listen mm -hmm. to B flat and just B. And for you, they sound exactly the same. But for that person, they they've been listening to stuff for so long that they that they're gonna have a better, more minute understanding just by feeling. Oh, that's a beautiful analogy. You know what it makes me want to do is is travel down to Oaxaca, or, or I shouldn't just say Oaxaca, of course, <laughs> but anywhere in Mexico with uh, with Roberto. Um, and have him ask the questions of these mescaleros to feel like just talking to the two of us, he figured out, okay, talking to you, he figured out like four more papers, right? Talking to them, my goodness, that might, that might be like two dozen more studies. Yes. But can I, can I talk about the paper that I really want Roberto to write? Can I, can I please do <laughs> sure, that? Sure. We've, we've got like three minutes <laughs> yes, left. Yeah, I'm dying. Because... The guy is basically saying that the behavior of bubbles can tell you a lot of things. Bubbles are extremely complex things. And in the case of agave spirits, what happens is the surfactants are lowering the surface tension and allowing for the bubbles to behave in a certain way. But then they only measure this with the adding of ethanol. But when they, as we said, when they were adding ethanol that came from a factory that was not ethanol native to the agave spirits, the bubbles were not behaving the same way. So I asked him, what if the bubbles are also telling the mescalero not only the ABB, the content of alcohol, but maybe if the alcohol in there is safe or not to drink? Right, whether it's methanol. Ethanol or any other lower alcohols. 
Is there the, or methanol? Well, no, there's still also the alcohols in the colas. There's many types of alcohol, ester. Yeah, fair, okay. Uh, but is that a tool that also the mescaleros are looking at to know that? Because how come there's not a lot of intoxications of methanol in these places where they're not, they don't have the tools to measure that in the town? Could that be possible? And he said it could be possible, and that could be another paper to to research the influence of me- <laughs> and that will be so mind blowing, Lou. You have to admit that that'll be crazy if that works. Well, uh, I, I it would be crazy, but are are you suggesting that it could work, or that in fact the mescaleros are doing that unconsciously right now? I would love to suggest that they are doing that unconsciously. Or consciously. Oh, this is interesting. So when they say, oh, I can tell this is going to be a good mezcal um, based on the bubbles, based on the size, which we're not even talking about yet, but based on the size and the duration of the bubbles, um, maybe that's what they mean by quality. Exactly. And then also, and this was another crazy thing we're asking to Roberto, is there any way that you can correlate the concentration of surfactants to the quality of the mezcal? And if the, well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, I know. Quality, Qual- it's too subjective. You can't, Lou, you can't measure to, quality. Yes, and it, he said exactly. Except that. by the rating uh, for this podcast <laughs> uh, on all of the different formats, you could definitely, definitely measure the quality of this podcast. So, are you suggesting for people to rate this in some way or another? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not suggesting anything except that you can definitely tell the quality of this podcast well, based on the rating. Well, all I'm saying is. There's so much we don't know. And if you look at other spirits <laughs> like cognac and brandy and beer, they have multitude of research centers dedicated to them. Mezcal doesn't have even one. So it's so exciting to have guys like Roberto making these kind of studies because I think in probably 20 years, we'll be able to understand these drinks so much better. And I know that saying like more surfactants equal better quality of the mezcal might it's 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 something I shouldn't even suggest. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm going to back off on what I on my mockery of you of earlier because you know I think maybe where it can actually define it is if if you put aside the um, characterization of quality for a second and instead you just talk about um, complexity, complexity, yeah. Yeah, like I think, I think then, like you can measure complexity because I think a lot of that might come through in the in in those surfactants, and and I'm suggesting that mainly because you don't see a lot of of those perlas in something that is industrially made with agave, and you know I like it's easy for me to say um, uh, tequila, but of course there is mezcal that's been put through a diffuser, and I'm guessing the perlas are almost non-existent in that. So if you're a physics PhD student and a chemistry PhD student, and you're listening to us, please choose this for your thesis. And I think we have to wrap up after giving this piece of suggestion. <laughs> that sounds great. Okay, thank you for indulging me on this one. Uh, thank you very much to our guest, Roberto. Uh, we, you know, I, why don't we pull some more of his quotes as well and put them on the uh, the page so people can hear more of that interview because it really was, it was an interesting interview. And then we'll also link to his study on the webpage. Yes, let's do that. Okay. Thanks very much, and I'll catch up with you in another few minutes. Adios, Lou. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Perivan. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. 
theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at gabbyroadtrip.net. Distributed by Heritage Radio Network, the best network in the world for podcasts about food, drink, and agriculture. Agave Road Trip is brought to you by La Luna Mezcal de Michoacán. Take it over, Lou. So I gotta say, like it's it's hard for me to accept a uh, a check from a brand of mezcal, and I wouldn't do it from just any brand. But I really like everything that La Luna Mezcal produces. So in particular, I am so taken with their tequilana. It feels to me like this is the missing link between tequila. And mezcal. It's a certified mezcal made in Michoacan, but it's made in a traditional method, the same way that all of these beautiful mezcals are made. So they've taken this process that has basically disappeared from Jalisco, from the tequila region, um, and they've brought this heritage back, and they've brought it back in this bottle that I think anybody who's a fan of tequila is going to want to try. Thanks very much, La Luna, for supporting us, and catch you next road trip. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. This program is powered by Simplecast.